If you're driving, please remember to use your car's Bluetooth speaker while listening to the AM Drive. Sports talk is not worth your safety or the safety of others. Thank you. Good Tuesday morning to everyone in the sports universe. It is October 19, 2021. This is Aaron Crouch. I'm Michael Cavellos, and this is AM Drive, and we are live on Twilight Sports. What's going on, Aaron? Not a whole lot. I was in the kitchen today, filling up my water, decided to go no coffee today, but uh, I just wanted to let everybody know this is kind of a blow your mind. This 12-ounce company glass... It holds 12 ounces of liquid. The more you know. <laughs> All right, that's a that's a good little marketing by our guys at 12 on Sports. Shout out Beck and Cody on that one. Um, Aaron, I want to let you know you have an awesome hoodie on. I do as well today. It is actually it was under 50 degrees this morning. It's like up to 60 right now, probably. But Aaron, you got your hoodie the same place I did, correct? God, I would hope so. I don't I would hate to have a knockoff AM drive hoodie. <laughs> don't do that. There are actually some some trolls on Twitter that'll do that, by the way. Like they'll see a famous shirt and they'll make their own website. Like, get out of my face with that crap. Anyways, AM Drive's online. The hoodies are 26 bucks. You cannot beat it. You'll look at other podcast hoodies. No disrespect to those guys. There's like 40 and 50 bucks. Who, 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 who wants to do that? I don't. 26 buck hoodies. We don't make that much off them, trust me. So hey, AM Drive's online. But Aaron. Um, so many people, like I said, run a podcast nowadays or a small business, but let's be honest, it's hard spreading the word. You want friends and family to check it out, but Aaron, will they? Most likely not. It's time to grow your brand with Popple. No more begging for views on a website. No more, hey, check this out when you get a chance. Popple is an easy-to-use but high-tech digital business card. Get your Popple using the code AMDRIVE, all caps, no spaces, my bad, for 20% off. Set up your links and share. People you share it with don't even need Popple. So again, when you buy your Popple in keychain, credit card, or even pop socket form, use the code AMDRIVE, all caps, no spaces, for 20% off, it supports us as well. Holy cow. There's the Pepsi I drank this morning. <clears throat> Since it is Tuesday, Monday night football, Aaron, my gosh. Um, Say you didn't call it like you saw it with your glasses on. I said Derrick Henry would, 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 go, would go off. You said Titans might win. You can sprinkle a little bit of um, Aaron Bay on that money line. And Titans won 34-31 on a late goal line stand. Wow. Um, thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think uh, Sean McDermott got a little bit of a dose of reality here in that one. I mean, don't get me wrong. As a Titans plus six and a sprinkle on the money line backer, <laughs> I was incredibly happy they got stuffed there on fourth down. But look, you know, I understand you're four and one. No one's really stopped you since week one. But I think in the end, you've got to take the points there and go to overtime. I mean, I know how much I say in college don't rely on kickers, but that <laughs> that sentiment does not ring true when your kicker in the NFL has a chip shot. I believe he had already hit two or three pretty decently long field goals in the game prior to that. So, um, you know, great game by Tennessee. Defense is still a problem there in Tennessee, giving up a lot of points. I understand Buffalo is a quality offense, number one offense scoring-wise. Uh, I did lose one bet, though. I was quite unfortunate to have happen. Good morning. Yeah, I know. Excuse me. Um, maybe I should have had my coffee. Uh, right. One bet I was quite unfortunate to have happen was I did take the Bills under team total 30 and a half. Oh, quite, quite unfortunate when they get there in the third quarter and get no points in the fourth. But uh, all that being said, basically, uh, it's incredible what Derrick Henry has been doing over the last two and change years. Um, I just I mean, it's, it's it, like I said, I just don't know what the word is to culminate what he's been doing. He's just dominance. I mean, you don't see a ton of these three down backs anymore. His worked on his receiving, which has kept him on the field. Um, 
He's led the league in rushing the last two. He's, I think he's way out in front for this year to lead the league in rushing as well. Um, I still, as a whole, even though they're four and two, don't particularly love the Tennessee Titans as a Super Bowl contender, but they got it done last night, and it does feel good when you can uh, uh, you can be out in front of something like that. And just watching that game and, and watching the Red Sox game last night, it was a really good day, as Ice Cube likes to say. Today was a good day. Ah, and we'll talk about the ALCS um, later on in the show, so stay tuned for that. As for this game, I would like to say that it is surprising me to see that both these teams are now four and two after last night. Like, just, like you, it just blows my mind. Just like that's in, seems impossible at this point. But then you look back at, I mean, I'll, you said it best. The Bills lost the Steelers, and what are the Steelers? Now there are better defense than the Titans, but they smash mouth and hope that he beats you over the top with a Big Ben play. Well, they shouldn't be doing that, but you get it. You called it. Bills, they they they're not a physical football team. They're just not. And I keep telling people, people like Bills fans are saying, we have a historic defense. I didn't see it. I told y'all Derrick Henry, and I knew it's Derrick Henry, but take away the 76-yard run, I did the math, he would still average three and a half yards of carry. Even without the 76-yard run that put him up to 143 yards. So he still was gashing him for three and a half, four yards every single time he ran the football up the middle for 19 times and then plus the 76 yard on the 20th time. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, and but you look at the Bills other, have to man up. And you look at the other side, like you said, with, with the Bills. You know, if if we want to crown these Bills the dominant AFC East participants, like the Patriots were for the better part of 20 years, these are just games you have to win. You have to Thank go on you. the road and you have to beat these teams and you have to find a way like like I, no disrespect to Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he had a decent stat line, 216 yards. He did have a pick, but You've got to make Brian Tannehill beat you, not Derrick Henry. I know that's easier yeah. said than done. But, but if you, but like we were talking about for the last couple of weeks, you know, Buffalo has the number one scoring defense, only team to shut two teams out. Actually, they have two shutouts, and the rest of the league combined has one. Yep. The, uh, it's hard to do in the NFL nowadays. The Broncos shut out the Jets. So the rest of the league combined has the Broncos shutting out the Jets. It is hard to do. Um, but if you're a quality defense like you claim to be, um, you need to take away the greatest asset and 20 carries for 143 yards and three touchdowns just just didn't do it. And like I said, it's easier said than done. But then again, how tough are you? Like if you're that defense, if you're historically great, you win this game and you limit him even without the 76-yard run. Other runs should not be three and a half yards apiece. What do you think is more likely for the Buffalo Bills defense? The... Titans came in with a good game plan, which is pretty easy, steady dose of DH, or they were feeling themselves a bit too much after, feeling. They're feeling after themselves. five weeks of the season. Feeling. I don't, yeah. They obviously – I mean, their game plan, to say that they, it wasn't to stop Derrick Henry, it would be stupid. That was the both the team's game plans was get Derrick Henry involved versus stop Derrick Henry. There was no in-between. And here's my follow-up, my last thing with this game. By the way, not to take anything from the Titans. I think they played a great game. It's kind of exa exactly what I expected. I expected them to hold Buffalo to a little less in the scoring column. Right. Um, but if I'm Buffalo, I, I think I'm on the phone with Adrian Peterson this week. I got to find a running game. He has been vocal in the Shannon Sharp podcast, who we'll also get to later. But um, he has said, like, he wants to play. And it might be because of the re record, but he said he really wants to play. Like, he stays in shape. He's one of the guys really? like like um, Chad Singer or Des Bryant who stays in shape for no reason. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I just, I feel like even if he's not, you know, Adrian Peterson of 2012, which obviously he, we know he's not, right? The threat of a running game. I mean, he played for was it Washington last year? Yeah, and he he wasn't bad. Maybe it was Detroit. One of the he's played for both those teams. Oh yeah, both those. I think it was Detroit last past, year, and has been fine. Like you said, he's been fine. And I think at this point in time, I mean, Josh Allen still 353 and three touchdowns. There still has to be a threat you know, that they're going to do something else other than put the ball in Josh Allen's hands. And I don't know, maybe I'm picking up Adrian Peterson this week. Well, fair enough. And because that took longer than I expected, and because I still want to talk hockey, we're going to do it on the other side, Aaron. Are you ready to talk some ice freaking hockey? I'm always ready to talk ice hockey. Ice freaking hockey, baby. When we come back, we'll discuss NHL Week 1, including some overreactions. I do have ESPN+, Plus, so I was able to read that article some of you may not have read. We'll talk about hockey week one and more.
This is the AM Drive on Swan Sports, presented by Popple, code AM Drive. We'll be right back. Twelve Ounce Sports has a new home for betting. BetUS.com is the official place to place your bets and support Twelve Ounce Sports. All you have to do is go to BetUS.com and type in the promo code 120Z and you'll instantly get a deposit bonus. This is America's favorite sports book. And remember, always gamble responsibly. Every show maintains a six-way stretch and breathe the Very yeah. soft. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so now, Aren't you the vice golf guy? Yeah. You want an autograph? Uh, yeah. Actually, I was just wondering if the balls are any good. The balls are amazing. You look like a pro plus guy. I thought you'd never ask. It's actually better than my old ball. And it's half the price. Top performing golf ball, half the price. It's almost stealing. Stop overpaying and start playing smart. Get your high performing golf balls at vicegolf.com. College at Fanatics.com, the largest assortment of officially licensed fan gear for more than 500 colleges. Every conference, every team. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Going up on a Tuesday, it's the AM Drive, baby. We're back here live once again on 12 on Sports. Aaron, I have a question for you. Would you well, like? I have a question for you first with Ooh. that. Some, well, it's not really a question, more of a statement. Sometimes I forget about our age difference. <laughs> While I know that song, it should never be said again. Well, chosen, yeah, that was like 2012. That was a bad time for music. That should maybe have been before that. Anyways, Aaron... You want to look like a Friday night before like a Sunday morning when you're listening to that song? Sure. Trick question. <laughs> Shirts today make that seem impossible. But in 2018, innovators at Buttercloth struck a deal with the talent scout to Shark Tank, the guys who recognize real when they see it. Buttercloth has created a six-way stretch, mint-based shirt that keeps you cool and repels those everyday odors. Nothing tops the comfort and the amazing looks. This year, though, Buttercloth struck probably their best deal yet with the AM Drive right here. Support our show and own this breakthrough line of comfortable shirts. Visit MikeAndAaronDrive.com and tap the Buttercloth logo. It helps us help you stay comfortable. Boy, that was smooth. Any last words on Buttercloth? It is very smooth, and it is the world's most comfortable shirt. Shout out Aaron for always getting the stuff before I do with our sponsors, man. You got to give them credit. So thank you for doing that. Aaron, some week one NHL thoughts. and Okay, so it was hard watching the Kraken lose last night. If you're a hockey fan, you obviously have seen Bastion get his butt kicked by this kid, Nate, by this dude, Nate Thompson. Of the um, Philadelphia Flyers. And I know this hockey is not just the Kraken this year, but I've tried to watch every game. I've watched three of the four. I lo- I realized I didn't watch their overtime loss. But um, I watched the game last night, and I don't like Grubrow. I'm, I know I've said that he's good sometimes, but every single game besides game three where we lost, where we blew the lead in, in overtime, we have given up. Early goals, just early goals, and that's not like you said that should not happen with our zone type defense. That should not happen. Yeah, I don't know if it's all necessarily squarely on Grubauer. Uh, you look at the the lines um, for Seattle, and they do have a quality line with Giordano and Larson. 
right. uh, together. And t- Tanev is good. That's fine. I'm talking about the defensive pairings. Um, the defensive pairings with Giordano and Tanev are, are fine. Behind that, they have a lot of you know young guys and rookies. Like you have Vince Dunn, and you have uh, you know Carson Soucy and Jeremy Lazone and and Flurry. It's just not a recipe for a goalie. Like you look at the difference with Grubauer when he almost won the Vezina last year. I mean, his pairings behind him, Ryan Graves, Kale McCarr, some of the best defensemen in Colorado were some of the best defensemen in the league. And now he's going to a, a an NHL expansion franchise, which just they just forgive me if they're saying this, but they botched the expansion draft. Where regardless of what their outcome is in the first season, I think they really botched the expansion draft. Um, and, the, and the expectations on Seattle, because of what Vegas did in year one, the expectations are a little higher than they should be. I mean, when your leading goal scorer is Brandon Tanev, when your your best players are Jared McCann and Junis Donskoy, and, and again, Brandon Tanev, um, you know, Jaden Schwartz hasn't gotten going. I consider him one of their better talented players. Like, this is just not a recipe for success. Like, these guys don't seem like they're coming in uh, with a chip on their shoulder. They're coming yeah. in to collect a paycheck. And again, like you said, this is a week one. Could it be an overreaction? Maybe. But as far as Seattle goes, I may have given them more credit just based on the fact that they're in a bad division. Again, this I I, I thought this pre, uh, you know, the season, and I thought they were in a bad division, and I thought they had a chance to really contend in this division. And it's looking like through one week, they're the worst team in the division. Yes and no. I will admit, as a hockey, as a hawk, as a new hockey fan. As a Conor McDavid guy who might score 200 points this year, which I'll get to. I'm sorry. That was just one of the – sorry. Um, I will say that I do admit it's not great hockey to watch. Um, there are times when we look really good. But for 80% of the games, I have not been impressed. Um, I like our physical play, but I also wonder if all – our guys look tired half the time. Like, are they expand? They're trying so busy to get in your face and rough you up. And like you said before, that will win you some games, Aaron. But even I, as a, as a rookie hockey fan, can understand it also tire you out and it won't be pretty on a lot of other games. And six to one, it, that game could have been 10 to one if you watched it. They were skating by the end of their teeth to not lose by nine goals. Yeah, they're not really able to roll four lines. They're not really able to have a line that just gets in your face like a fourth line, bunch of bruisers. They have a lot of young kids like Bastion that you're talking about. Was, mm. But I look at it, and like I said, maybe I got a little hasty that your first line is Alexander Wenberg, Jordan Eberle, and Jaden Schwartz. I mean, like quality players, but that's your first line. I mean, that's Yikes. You got to get production out of that first line. And and right now it's not happening. And Eberle, like I said, you know, Eberle, this one was my fault. Eberle was a fourth line guy getting middling minutes in New York. And to be a first line guy, just, I don't know, maybe I, I just overlooked that. And again, if we're, if we're, if we're assessing after one week, you're going to have overreactions, you're going to have underreactions. And right now to me, um, despite the fact that the Golden Knights have two of their major stars injured, uh, Edmonton looks on fire. The California teams look competent, which many people didn't expect. Seattle looks like the worst team in the division. Again, could be an overreaction by the end of the year, but right now they look like the worst team in the division. This guy named um, Greg Wyshynski something on ESPN. He covers hockey for them. Greg Wyshynski. Yeah, he's been around a long time. Is it really Greg Wyshynski? I can't believe I got that right. I'm learning the Russian names better than Glenn is. He's I'm not sorry. Russian either. Whatever it is. Just. Don't 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 extend yourself. No, say what you know. Don't don't go too far. Fair. Um. So, flat on one of the overreactions he wrote on this ESPN Plus article is Carter Hart. Could is he is he cooked? Well, after freaking last night, he's not cooked. That dude. I will admit, while Seattle scored one goal, they had chances to score about five themselves. I mean, they had a really good look sometimes, especially on rebounds. And that kid, Carter Hart. On his 50th win, looked incredible. How much of that Seattle's offense, I don't know. Yeah, Carter Hart's trying to uh, recapture the magic of two years ago when he led them to a second round you know, playoff in the bubble. Last year it was really terrible, but it, you almost kind of have to throw the COVID season out for a lot of teams, uh, Philadelphia being one of them. 
the offense and the defense in front of him is incredibly improved. They uh, they acquired Rasmus Ristolainen, they acquired Ryan Ellis in the offseason, they were they acquired Cam Atkinson for Jake Voracek, which in my opinion is a huge upgrade for the Philadelphia Flyers uh, at this point. Um, but you look at the, the the game previous to that, their overtime loss, um, I believe it was against Washington. I have to look at it here real quick, but um, – uh, no, it was their overtime loss against the Canucks. Like he gave up five mm-hmm. goals, four of them in you know, four of them regulation, one of them in a shootout or you know the shootout victory. So I mean, yes, the Kraken might make goalies look really good. You know, like I said, we just finished talking about the Kraken. Um, but that being said, like Carter Hart's, it's a prove-it season for Carter Hart. I know he's you know locked up to a deal, uh, but they're in a tough metropolitan division. Like Pittsburgh's not going to lay down. Both New York teams are are are. are are really good, even though the Islanders have started 0-2, which is a little shocking, <laughs> and, and can't score. They've given up a lot of goals, um, given up 11 goals in two games. That's that's tough. Um, anyways, to, to wrap it up, though, it, it's, uh, it's a tough division. It's a long season, and overreacting right now, Philadelphia is probably comfortable with Carter Hart just because the option behind him and Martin Jones is not safe. So their, their expectations for Carter are, are, are huge. Two more thoughts on hockey. One of them is I read a stat. There's a stat I found. Seattle Kraken are minus six right now. There are currently, I believe, four other teams who are also minus six or worse. They all have less, they all have one point or less. Seattle is the only team, probably because they played four games, that has multiple points, allowing like being down six or more in the differential column. So that's not a good look. Yeah, it just means, you know, when they, they can turn it on. I mean, like, they scored four goals in, or three goals in a loss and one goal in a win. What did they score? Yeah, the overtime <laughs> loss, it was two to one, right, against yeah. Columbus. So they scored four goals in a, in, a, in a two games where they got one point. And their win, I believe, they got four goals. So yep. the situation you look at here is, you know, the pro- the problem really is when you score three, four goals a game, you need a goaltender and maybe Drieger's the guy, the backup. You need a goaltender that doesn't give up five or six. In the first and, period. Uh, it just feels like – I watched that game last night. It felt like Grubauer got hung out to dry. Now, there were some saves he could have made, but he faced a lot of two-on-ones, three-on-twos, and that's just never yeah, a Yeah, Philadelphia was very fast. Right. And they're a good team, and they're expected to be a good team this year, so – um, like I said, you know, it's one week. Don't don't get crazy, but you know, the huh. Kraken the Kraken look bad after a week. Also, Jets, Winnipeg Jets and Vegas Golden Knights, are they in trouble? That's the last question I have for you. I know you're a Golden Knights fan. Um, well, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, a lot of it just seems to be, you know, reliant on Connor Hellebuck, and right yep. now, um, he's not playing well. And uh, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, their big guys, Kyle Connor has a goal, but. Nikolai Ehlers, Mike Shifley, or uh, Mike, Mark Shifley coming off that uh, suspension from last year's playoff. You know, he's going to take a week to get going. You know, you have Blake Wheeler, just aging guys who just aren't performing, and they didn't really do a lot in the tank to to replace those guys. But it's all on Connor Hellebuck. And when he opens the season with an 849 save percentage, yeah, they're in trouble. They're absolutely in trouble. As far as the Golden Knights, again, like we talked about, the Pacific Division may be better than a lot of people thought. Um Robin Leonard right now, that's the, I think he has the weight of the world, the weight of the city, at least uh, on his shoulders right now. And it's not going to get better when two of their leading scorers are now out. Max Pacioretty broke a foot or fractured his foot. He's out for six to eight weeks. And Mark Stone, the heart and soul of the team, the captain is just, they just don't know when he's going to come back. Day day with a lower body injury. If he's out for month plus, yeah, they could fall. They could fall behind this. And that's why I, I didn't want to just, you know, crown the Pacific Division to the Knights because they are very top heavy. Like they're now looking like Seattle, average goaltender, not a ton of scoring production from the other three lines. I mean, the, the, the misfit line, line two now is a step up and be line one. I mean, can they recapture what they did in 2017? I don't know. They haven't done it since. So, uh, yeah, Vegas is probably in trouble if these two injuries, we know Max Pacioretty's timetable, but if, if Mark Stone's injury goes a month plus, yeah, Vegas could get down early and have a hard time catching up. And and Edmonton looks really good so far, especially like your boy Connor McDavid. He won't get 200, but there's a decent shot he gets 130 to 150 this year, which would be incredible. 
My new name is Brendan Tanev, by the way. Okay, buddy. Okay, let's talk Shannon Sharp versus DK Mech. Well, before we do, let's do this first, and after that, we'll do, we'll do our top fives. I might as well. So Shannon Sharp goes on Twitter and questions the late call, the late um play in the Steelers game, I believe, and says, "What was DK Metcalf doing? Really didn't call him out, didn't say anything out of line." DK Metcalf fires back with, "Oh, what's like? Don't question me, little boy." Which is just, let's just say, I gr- I grew up around an area that has, I guess. People that talk that way and calling somebody a little boy is not a very good, not very respectful. Um, Shane Sharp, of course, grew up around here as well, did not like that. Called him a dumb A. And then DK Metcalf said, I could wipe my, you know what, with your resume. And then, of course, DK says, oh, well, I'm trying to get like you as a PR move. Wow. Um, kids today are stupid. Oh, was that opening the door for fielding? It's today are stupid. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think Twitter's just such a, I mean, even though we use it, Twitter's just such a cesspool. Social media is as well. Like, on one flip side, you know what? I understand, you know, like a lot of people had the exact same thought as Shannon Sharp. And regardless of it, Shannon Sharp or you and me, like, do we have the right to go, you know, saying those things now that everybody has an opinion? Maybe, maybe not. But at the same time, like, if anyone's going to have that opinion and DK Metcalf should just, you know, eat crow, it's, it's Shannon Sharp. Yep. I mean, the guy's a hall of famer. I believe he's a three time Super Bowl champion. Um, he's got a, he's got a resume that DK Metcalf would love to have when he finished his career. And my, my first guess is that he didn't know who he was talking to. And then when he realized it was Shannon Sharp, a blue check mark and, and Shannon didn't call him a dumbass. He just said that was a dumbass play. Right. Uh, and, and I 100% agree with Shannon in this play. And you know I'm not a big Shannon Sharp. And that was after he was called Little Boy, and he still didn't fire back too hard. Yeah. Now, again, uh, I don't Little Boy is bad talk. Around, and I'm telling you, he, Shannon Sharp grew up right around this area. That's not yeah. a good thing around here. And I don't want to get, you know, too political here, but I imagine if, you know, Christian McCaffrey had said something like that to Shannon Sharp. That's basically what that. That's why I'm implying. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good look. We might be talking about Christian McCaffrey having to be kicked out of the league at that point. So, anyways, uh, yeah, DK Metcalf. I mean, I'll, I'll take my my platform here. DK Metcalf that was a dumb play. <laughs> you got lucky that it worked out, but those three yards you tried to go for and and actually lose. I mean, if you're going to go for those yards, fine, but don't lose the ball. I mean, what are you doing? Ball you know, security, fundamentals, and, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I think eventually. You know, Shannon Sharp will just get over this. I don't know if he'll ever hold a grudge because, you know, it's just I don't can't tell if he's that kind of guy. I don't watch his show, but he's uh he's right. He's one hundred percent right on this one. And DK just you gotta swallow your pride on this one. And and like you said, the the PR stunt, uh, you know, I'm trying to get like you <laughs> too little too late. Yeah, especially after all yeah, no. Um you want to talk some Jackson Mahomes real quick. Um, because Jackson Mahomes Someone on Twitter, you know, Jackson Mahomes is always on TikTok doing stuff, and it, along with Patrick Mahomes' wife, and Travis Kelsey's girlfriend was also involved in this. They took a picture, did some videos by Sean Taylor's 21, on Sean Taylor's 21. Someone said, oh, look how disrespectful this is. It turns out that's literally a designated area for people to walk all over, which does not make any sense for a guy. I believe Sean Taylor's dead, correct? I should know that, but he's dead, right? Yeah, he was murdered. That's what I thought. So I don't know why Washington football team allows you to do that, but apparently it wasn't special privilege. But, it, I mean, I guess it was a little bit disrespectful, but I, I can't blame Jax Mahomes solely for this. I mean, you pretty much said it all. So, yeah, no, I agree with you. It, initial thoughts, it looked pretty ugly. Didn't understand why the team decided to rope off the area and then tell people to stand on the number. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but – there's not a lot of things in Washington that make a lot of sense right now. So <laughs> they also have sewage. So bad sewage. Um, let's do some AM Drive Five, Aaron. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. Every single week, you give your top fives in college and NFL. I give mine. We go back and forth. Aaron, let's do college football first. All right. So um, my co- okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Aaron's five. All right, so my college football uh, remains relatively unchanged from last week, uh, but everything kind of moved up with Iowa moving down. 
Uh, UGA, obviously, cream of the crop, class of the college football play, you know, playoff right now. Complete team, dominance, anybody that steps in their way, they just seem to kind of kick off. I, I will say they're going to have a tough time against Alabama. Everybody's, you know, like I said, I, I, I said it yesterday. I'm going to put them in the in the playoff and pen because I think they're going to get there. But don't sleep on the at Alabama matchup in the SEC championship game. Number two, Cincinnati. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I know they boat race my UCF Knights, but uh, I love to see a, a, a G5 team actually look legitimately in the playoff. Now, I do. I'm not going to say it's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's a double standard, but. Cincinnati's resume doesn't stack up to the UCF 2017-2018 resume. And, and somehow Cincinnati has been placed all the way at two when, since, when UCF never even got a sniff in the top four. But anyway, still happy for them. Oklahoma is my number three team. They look good with Caleb Williams. Um, and there's really, you know, there's a couple guys, a couple teams at the end that they may stumble them right now, but they look, they look like a playoff team right now. Alabama is my number four team, despite the fact they do have one loss. Again, I think they're on a, on a collision course with Georgia in the SEC championship, and you know they want to keep Alabama in those top four in that playoff consideration. That way, if they do beat Georgia, they can put both SEC teams in there. Uh, and my last one is Michigan. Um, got another game this weekend. They should win. They are number six in the country right now. I believe, in my opinion, they are the top five, and uh, I'm on the wagon. It's It's been long enough in the year. They haven't disappointed yet. I'm on the wagon. I'm on the hardball train. Mine is – nearly identical to my, to myself last week. I've got Georgia one, Oklahoma two, especially with Caleb Williams. I'm excited to see how he looks through the last three weeks of the season, especially like we mentioned. I've got number three, Cincinnati. I think I think level of competition does show up. No offense to UCF, but I think Oklahoma plays better competition right now. Number four is Ohio State. I've got – I think I like Ohio State <clears throat> over Michigan – I love Trevion Henderson, the running back, just another great Ohio State running back. And C.J. Stroud seems like he's a good enough quarterback to win games, despite losing to Oregon, which looks like crap right now. But number five is Alabama. I couldn't let the SEC bias get in the top four just yet, but I just leave that open for whoever wins the Georgia-Alabama game. But I think I, – I, I would love to put two SEC teams in there, but – and see, if Michigan, Michigan and Ohio State, let's say Ohio State wins the Michigan game. Cincinnati wins out. Oklahoma wins out. I cannot leave those three teams out, any one of them. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not the situation with, with Georgia and Ohio State, but the, or excuse me, Georgia and Alabama. If Alabama loses the SEC championship game, they're out. Fair. We, we understand that. But if you have a one-loss Georgia team who runs through their entire schedule with relative ease and loses a three-point game to Alabama – who many believe, like you said, obviously the AP Top 25 believes they're a top four team in the nation. Um, you have Cincinnati, Oklahoma, if they both win their respective conferences and are undefeated, you have to you have to leave Ohio State out. And the crazy thing is, is it, it, if Georgia, excuse me, if Alabama beats Georgia, you can't leave Georgia out. So you're looking at Alabama, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and uh, and Georgia. I mean, it's going to be crazy to think how how good the Big Ten is. With that clump of teams, you have, what, three, four out of the top ten teams are Big Ten teams, and they still might not make the playoff? Yeah. Isn't that nuts? It's not fair. If this isn't a year in favor – and now there's a lot of season left, but if this isn't a year that puts people in favor of expansion, I don't know what it is. That's I mean, a good point. And then, you know, like Oregon. Oregon had everything – had fits with Cal last week, so – Ohio State's loss, the more Oregon falls, they drop one spot. The more Oregon falls, the worse Ohio State's resume becomes because that's their one loss. That's but yes, if they beat Michigan, if they beat Penn State, there's no denying that they should also be in. Um, and they're probably going to face Iowa, depending on how the rest of that West Big Ten West shakes out. Probably going to face Iowa. And they, based on last week, they should have no problem with the Hawkeyes. <laughs> Thanks, Boilermakers. Changed the world. I agree with the expansion point as well. Let's get to your top five NFL teams, Mr. Aaron. All right, my top five NFL teams. A um, couple new new teams enter based on a lot of things. Uh, you know, I don't want to overreact to a lot of things, but I think looking at this list, I may have overreacted, especially huh. with, with the Bills falling out of my top five. 
Uh, but number one, still the Cardinals, six and zero, and even I feel more confident putting him there. Not just because of their record after what they did to Cleveland last week. I understand nope. Nick Chubb wasn't there. Uh, Kareem Hunt got hurt, but they put a hurt on uh, on Cleveland last week. So six and zero cards are my number one team. Bucks still number two. I understand that that win against the Eagles wasn't sexy. It was only six points, but they were in control of that game from start to finish. It was never really a threat, even though the final score finished six. <clears throat> Cowboys, number three team here for me. Uh, I I still have New England as an average football team, despite the fact they're 0-4 at home. And uh, this is the gritty win that Dak found a way to, to get it done, you know, against a good coach uh, on the road. I know it's, you know, people didn't expect this. Um, I definitely didn't expect that many points. I'll tell you what, that was an unfortunate circumstance. But uh, Cowboys, yeah. number, number three for me. Entering into the number four spot, my first time in the uh, in the top five here is the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I mean, that game against the Raiders seems like ages ago that they lost on Monday Night Football. And for them to trounce the Chargers like they did last week, um, like I said, Lamar, Dak, Kyler, MVP talks right there. And the Saints game against the Packers feels like ages ago as well. Packers are now 5-1, and and they enter into my five spot here in the AM Drive Top 5 NFL picks. Uh, Packers look like they're everything's firing all cylinders. Like you said, they kind of, you know, waltz their way into a victory against uh, the Chicago Bears, a team that Aaron Rodgers owns. Just ask him. He'll tell you. Um, but I mean, so far, like I said, you know, there's there's a couple slip ups. That's my top five, though. Cards, Bucks, Cowboys, Ravens and Packers. We're similar. But I have a team or two in there that you may not. Um, Packers are actually number seven for me, but um, I'm only going to do a top five, but I try to keep the top ten visible for myself here so I can keep up with them. Number one, I have the Cardinals. I agree that Brown's win was mighty impressive. Even though guys were hurt, They their defense is, is special. And Kyler is making the offense. People thought their offense was going to be up to Kyler to be good, and he is performing like it. Finding D-Hop, which is not hard to do, but finding A.J. Green, finding Christian Kirk, th- these guys are incredible. Number two, the Rams. Um, I know the Rams just boat raced the Giants, and I'm not impressed by that win personally, but I'm impressed that they did beat the Buccaneers and that they still – NFC West number one is going to be number one for me all year pretty much, seems like. Damn, I number three, about the Rams. Hmm? I, totally forgot, I totally forgot about the Rams. I, I mean, would, like, I would like know, to move – I'd like to move the Packers down one. That's fair. Sorry. Number three, I've got the Buccaneers. It's, I'm telling you, there's a lot of good teams. Number three, I got the Buccaneers. Number four, the Ravens. Um, not just coming back against my Colts, but wow, the most impressive win of the week might have been Ravens destroying, and I mean just dismantling the Chargers. It was not even close. It was a shock to everybody, even people who had the Ravens in the game to win. Number five, I've got the Bills. I like their defense. I do, although it's not tough enough for my liking per a lot. They still show that they can win. Their Chiefs win was impressive to me, but I do believe the Bills are a top five team for now. But two of these teams, Bills and Cardinals, to me, are the fool's gold of this top five. I'm still scared about those two teams going forward. I mean, the uh, the Cardinals, other than that week two against the Vikings, really haven't shown me any reason that there's there's a weak link there. Defense plays well. Kyler, I mean, they have a decent running game with uh, James Conner. And uh, second guy's name is Escape. Chase Edmonds. Thank you, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, uh, decent running game that, that kind of takes a little pressure off of Kyler, and Kyler can run himself. I, I don't know. It's it's it, you know this was the this is they're in the division that that you know is the toughest division, and I know they haven't played all the guys in, in that division, but so far they uh, to me they look like a strong team. They don't look like fool's gold to me, um, and neither do the Bills necessarily. The Bills are going to be the the Patriots this year. I took them out of my top five because this was a game that I thought they could have still won if they just took the points at the end there. So I think that was just a dumb coaching decision. And it makes me kind of question, you know, McDermott in in bigger key matchups like playoffs and stuff like that. And uh, did you leave the Chiefs in this year, this week? Chiefs are eight. Chiefs are eight. Wow. I think you're finally starting to realize, you know. I should gain res- I should gain respect for them because I I knew I was waiting for them to turn it on and they turned it on in a big way. Emma, but they have to get focused. And right now, an unfocused team cannot be in my top five. Big uh, big matchup here, um, in my opinion, will kind of tell. 
Chiefs Titans this week. That's a big matchup. Yeah. And I think I'm not going to lie without going too far into that. I think Titans could win that game as well. Cause one thing that chiefs struggled with a few years ago was with the Colts and the Titans because Colts played keep away. Titans play keep away. They run down your throw. They piss you off on defense and then they just do enough on offense. Of course, 34 points is more than doing enough, but you get it. So yeah. Well, 100% agree. I think it's going to be a big one. So. My last segment was brought to you by Buttercloth. Go to MikeAaronDrive.com, tap the Buttercloth logo. You too can be comfortable like Aaron and like me one day. But I, hey, Aaron's vouched for it. I wanted to just steal a shirt from him, but technology is not that good yet. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, you, you know, I, I, my job requires me to wear those kind of shirts, not yours. Yeah, but I mean, I do, I do go to church. I mean, so like it is nice to have a little bit of, or a nice okay. dinner. Well, nice get on it. The girl. Get on it. I'm t- hey, it's good stuff, man. I can just tell by looking at it, and the mint that repels the odors is just insane to me. So, let's talk about Fanatics first before we get into some NBA talk. Hoops, baby. Fanatics, Aaron, we know as sports fans, we are Fanatics. The best part about Fanatics is they've got daily deals, but they have every team, every league all in one place. If you ever go on an NFL shop or NBA store dot whatever dot com, you will find they are run by – they are – Affiliates with Fanatics. Fanatics is the cream of the crop for fans of sports. Cream of the crop for morning shows that you want to support is the AM Drive. Go to MikeAndAaronDrive.com. Click the F before you go to those stores. You want to remember if it's NBA store or NBA shop, just go to MikeAndAaronDrive.com. You go right to Fanatics. You'll find out. So don't go to the websites of the teams. Support us as we support your favorite team. Go Kraken. Go Colts. Let's go heat. Speaking of basketball, Aaron, let's get into it. Because the NBA season is opening tonight. I will turn 25 tomorrow, so I'm very excited. They always that this one's I believe it's earlier this year, it seems like. Usually it's around Halloween, right? Uh yeah, that sounds about right. I feel like it's somewhere late to late October to to, to Halloween-ish time. So we're got some thrillers here. Ha <laughs> spooky. So how long? Let's talk Trailblazers first. And Ben Simmons really is kind of in the, in the same thing for different reasons, but they both want out. Now Ben Simmons might not want out. Damian Lillard, we don't know if he'll ever be traded or if he'll he likes Portland. I keep telling people he's a loyal guy. Can Trailblazers keep him happy? I doubt it with all the good teams in the West. And what are we think of the 76ers? Yeah, so in, in the East, it's it's kind of tough because you look at a a team like Philly and you really wonder where do they fit in. Uh, you know, Atlanta had an improved season. Boston should be good. Chicago's expected to be better. Um, and then you have your, you know, your stalwarts. You have Brooklyn um, and Milwaukee. Miami probably should be good as well. You know, the Knicks, another wild card. So, so Philly, you know, kind of where do they fit into this? You know, obviously eight teams make the playoffs. If they start out slow – then we have more Ben Simmons drama all over again. And, yep. you know, are they good enough to really just go on without him with Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid? I think they're a playoff team still with, with those two guys at the helm as the number one and number two. I think we can agree on, on something along those lines. Yep. Um, so the question really, I'm wondering if Philadelphia is kind of hoping this as well. The question really would be if things go wrong in Philly and they don't start out well in Portland, especially with a new coach, you know, a coach that hasn't, you know, I think Terry Stotts was fired in, in Portland is you know, Damian Lillard's only coach. And they didn't get, they got Chauncey Billups. They right. didn't get Jason Kidd, which is who allegedly Damian Lillard wanted. So maybe Chauncey, you know, Chauncey seems like a straightforward guy. He says, look, you don't want to be here. I'm going to reset my, my, my tenure here with a, a new team. And maybe Ben Simmons, maybe we do get that flip because that just seems to be the only trade now, in my opinion, doesn't. For the Blazers, but it only seems the only like the only trade that makes sense for these two teams with these superstars because who else is what what do you think you're gonna get back in return for Ben Simmons? You might be able to fleece. I think Ben Simmons and a couple of firsts for Damian Lillard might be a fleece for the 76ers in this spot. Sad thing is I I think a couple of firsts might be pushing it, but then again, NBA NBA drafts is not what 
NFL draft usually is, although it's only two rounds. NFL first round is a lot more valuable in my opinion. Well, not only that, what we think Ben Simmons is worth is not what the other NBA general managers believe that Ben Simmons is worth. But we believe that Damian Lillard's probably worth a couple first and maybe maybe even Damian maybe even Ben and and one first. I don't know. It all depends on how desperate right. the Blazers might be, but um I can't see a Ben for Damian Lillard straight up here in this spot. No chance. My problem with this is I think this would be more on Trailblazers wanting to make a trade because, I, again, Damian is a loyal guy. Now, there is talks that he might want to play for L.A. Um, I've seen that stuff before because he was raised around the California area, I believe, and apparently he's kind of like he might want to go there one day. But I think that would be in free agency. If you're the Trailblazers – He's not staying now. Like he's got his, he's he signed the supermax, I believe, within a couple of years ago. So now, when his when this contract runs out, you better get something back for him now, because his loyalty would have finished out when that contract ends. So then, right. of course, he would have he would be able to jump, but trading it would be all to Portland if they want to do it. Right. But the question is, is is really you know, do the Lakers have the capability? I mean, the they Clippers. have. Three- well, the Clippers as well. You know, the, the Lakers have hundred, you know, hundred plus million dollars tied up in three guys, and yep. I don't know, I don't know Dame's, you know, annual salary off the top of my head, but it's probably in the in the neighborhood of thirty plus million dollars as well. So, where are you? Where do you expect him to fit in there? Unless you're literally just dumping off every other player, which the problem is you got to field a roster at that point. Um, right? Will he end up in, in LA someday? Sure, that's that's fine, and. And maybe he plays out the duration of this contract, you know, wherever he ends up. I mean, I just don't see a lot of trade partners. I mean, he's not going to Brooklyn. Could he go to New York? That would be fun. That would be an interesting, you know, spot here with with the Knicks. I mean, I don't mind that young team getting run by Damian Lillard. That's not the worst thing in the world for me. But I just don't see a ton of trade partners for for Damian Lillard and for the Trailblazers. But because just Miami has Kyle Lowry now. Well, it's not even just the players. It's just like what what are you going to get back if you're Damian, if you're the Portland Trailblazers? It's worth you sending your cornerstone, decade long franchise player, and basically saying we're rebuilding, you know? Or you can he can play out this contract and you try to trade him in the off season when when money's a little more flexible. But where's where where do you trade him to? Where there's nowhere I could trade him to. The only other place I can think of. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense because someone else is there. But if you wanted to get him more off ball is Dallas, you know, get Luca off ball a little bit more, but again, not even really that, that ideal of a trade partner in my opinion. And I, and I disagree about Dallas, like from the perspective of Luca, I believe he has to have the ball. He is the guy who, if you watch him play, I don't see him playing off ball. I just don't see that happening. And not because of pride, because he's so good on the ball. He has to make the decisions. And he does well with it. That's fine. I just didn't know. Having a shooter would be nice. But I just, I just don't see a spot where he goes. Fair. Can make the money work and and still be able to. I mean, if if Portland is deciding to trade him, they're punting on the next three to four years. Yeah, I do believe Ben Simmons will be traded, but I I believe he's the one that will be traded with these two guys. But I think it'll be for a really bad. I'm telling you, whoever gets Ben Simmons is going to give up next to nothing because of how he looked in the playoffs. Well, that's the thing: is do you trade Ben Simmons for next to nothing, or do you, if it does go south, do you just let him sit and and run his own career down the toilet? I'd probably just let him sit. I'd pay the <laughs> money to I'd pay the money to not get rid of him. And like he's like you said, what are you going to get for him? Bag of chips, and Bag. they're not Doritos either. So. Okay, um, speaking of guys that actually do work hard, because Ben Simmons does not, how about Giannis has a jump shot, Aaron? Do you believe the Bucks could possibly repeat? Because I do not, but seeing the Giannis clip of him knocking down jumpers is to me more likely than other than like a guy like Ben Simmons doing the same. And I think Bucks would be scary if he's doing that. I mean, obviously, yeah. When he takes the next step in that, in that, in that you know, realm, he becomes a much better player. He almost looks like a, a Kevin Durant now who actually wants to drive the bat drive to the basket. The free throws are the big thing. You know, I, I know that they, he kind of, um, you know, got better with that last year. You He's know, confident. It, 
yeah, he's more confident shooting. But uh, I don't – I mean, at least in the East, I think this is still an incredibly strong team. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth, so the really the really big thing would be, you know, making sure they stay healthy. But come playoff time, I mean, yes, but Brooklyn, the question really is always can James Harden finish? There's no Kyrie this year. You know, but as far as the Eastern Conference goes, I don't see a ton of of, of challengers. I guess for the for the right word here, I don't see a ton of challengers in the in the uh, in the East. That doesn't say that Milwaukee can't get back to the final. Right. Um. Let's transition here to the um Lakers, and then we're going to talk young studs. The Los Angeles Lakers, of course, of course, with Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. I believe in preseason that has shown by itself that they're going to be okay. People question their offensive ability due to shooting, but I'll put it this way, Aaron. When you have those two guys plus AD, does it really matter if you have great shooters? Because to me, guys like Wayne Ellington and the other guys on that roster can do enough with Russell Westbrook, AD, and LeBron doing what they do. Like They don't need big-time shooters. They need good shooters, but not great shooters. So this this argument is played every year going back to LeBron's is, yep. you know, you look at the first year in Miami when they didn't have a ton of role players, they lost the final. You look at the situation in Cleveland in 07 where you dragged this ragtag bunch of misfits that just weren't very good role players. It's fine to have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook here in this spot, but you know, what do we really expect out of Carmelo Anthony? What do we really expect out of Wayne Ellington? Kent, Kent Bazemore is not bad. I don't know how his I like Kent. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I know that the, you know, the, the, the pundits. And Rondo's were, back. Yeah, but we're talking, you know, right. t- 12th guy at that point. I mean, I don't even think he's the backup point guard. So, uh, right. but, the, you know, a lot of the pundits praised. You know, uh, Kendrick Nunn, the Malik Monk coming back, you know, the Horton Tucker signing as the pieces that will keep the Lakers as a contender. Like if some of those guys go down and or if some of these older guys go down, like if Russ goes down for an extended period of time, we know Anthony Davis is going to miss time. That's just a fact. That's just it wouldn't be an NBA season without it. So (laughs) um, and LeBron still I mean, LeBron's 37, 38 years old. Things can happen. it's all about staying healthy with this team. I mean, you have DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, Rondo, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza. I don't even know if he's going to play. So He will, but he might lose time. It's just they have on paper a very stacked team. But those role guys, Malik Monk, Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, Bazemore, Ellington, those guys are going to matter, in my opinion, if the Lakers are serious about actually winning a championship. I think Monk and Ellington are the keys for me because they're the little guards that can get open. When left open, can they make those shots from the corner and from the wing? We'll see. Very true. Um, what do you expect from young studs this year? I think Luca might win MVP. Last year he started slow and out of shape. But my God, has he looked incredible late last season and during the Olympics. Ja Morant, Zion Williamson. Ja looks, in, ja looks amazing in preseason. Risley should be good. And Zion Williamson. Um, I believe he's hurt a little bit to start this year. Correct. But I do believe Zion will finish the year strong with the Pelicans. Yeah, and the question really is, is what are the what are the Pelicans doing at this point? You know, I, right. I they don't really have a schedule or not schedule. They don't really have a roster that makes me, you know, want to even really watch them. I, I mean, and and this could be me just you know, poking in on, on NBA games. But when I, I look at, you know, I watch Zion Williamson play, it's it's just, to me, he doesn't seem as electric as the other two guys, Morant and and Doncic. And that may be injuries, that may be the bad team around him, but I'm particularly more interested in seeing the first two guys, John Morant and Luka Doncic play. So that's the problem point. is the game is three-pointers now. With the game being so open, a guy like Zion has to develop a jump shot. He just has to. You can be the dunker and the, and the guy, but even LeBron has to has 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 to have a three point shot now. If you don't have it, if you don't have a jumper outside of ten feet, you're Ben Simmons, and it's it's not good. Let me ask you a question here: Is is Zion Williamson the best player on his team? Do you believe Brent? I mean, I asked. I'm not I a fan of Brent Ingram. I never have been. No. Okay, so then you believe he is. I believe he. If, if given the keys, I believe he should be. But playing second field to Brandon Ingram is not going to work. Fair enough. Okay, so 
Let's talk some MLB postseason as we move on to Vice Golf. Reminder that you can have peace of mind with your golf swing. Stop paying for overpriced balls. It's not worth it, okay? This is a simple fact of it. When you swing, swing with confidence and peace, financial mind. You're going to MikeAndAaronDrive.com, getting the Vice Golf logo. The best balls, the lowest price shipped, lowest price shipped to you. Any last words on Vice Golf? No. Nope. Play golf. Use Vice. Woo-hoo! Good, good job. Last night, Aaron, the Red Sox um, got their MLB postseason record fourth Grand Slam in one postseason. Was it third? I thought it was third. fourth. It was th- the four was throwing me off there. So third, it's still a record, which is insane. And they're, they still have games to play. I thought I honestly thought Astros were going to win last night. I was blown away by how easy the Red Sox made that game look. Yeah, I mean it. It's it comes with the pitching, and I said this even going into the postseason, or as we came down, we talked to Mitch even after the trade deadline uh, right. came and went. The key to this Red Sox team is going to be pitching, and last night, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez showed up. You know, I understand he yep. gave up the three-run dinger, and it was kind of tough. But you got a 20-game winner right there. You got Chris Sale, who who looked fine in game one. The pitching, Ivaldi, big game Nate. I, I know people give him a lot of crap, but dude's, dude's probably, you know, probably their number one. Eduardo, number two. I mean, yeah, Chris Sale is a number three. is not bad. Right. <laughs> the, 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 the reason I say that is because hitting grand slams isn't common. Like, winning games 12 to 3 isn't, like, the traditional way that the playoff baseball is they're on a hot streak right now. So my question is, you know, when the bats cool off and eventually they will regress to the mean, the pitching yeah. needs to be there. And the bullpen, which was shaky during the season so far has looked good in the, in the DS. They didn't really have to look good in the NS and the ALCS so far because, well, they've been, uh, they've been dominating the Astros, but in game one, they did blow, they did blow a lead, so I'm, I'm I'm still worried about the pitching with this team when the when the bats cool off. I mean, you had JD, you had Christian Arroyo, uh, and and Kyle Schwarber all just hitting bombs. Like that's not going to last forever. It would be great if it did. It'd be great if it did, but just in case it doesn't, please be ready to pitch. I have a question because I think they play tonight, right? Again, yeah, three straight. Dumb. Yeah, and the Braves and Dodgers play tonight. Yeah, both. both well, they play. Yeah, they play the early game, which is weird. I have a question for both for for both of you. Oh, there's two little my guy right there. Crazy. What? Okay, so it might be Jake Glazer again popping in for no reason. So let's make a prediction right here on the AM drive. And I know I was I'm blindsiding you with this. Oh boy. Pete Prisco. <laughs> Do you let's make a prediction right now. Who wins the World Series? Oh god. Um if, if, if this is just blindsided based on what I've seen so far, I think it's the Red Sox. I mean, I might be biased. Let me take my my yes, my the Red Sox. <laughs> uh, the Braves I'm are winning a lot. The, <laughs> yeah, the Braves are winning a lot of game. They're capitalizing on mistakes. The Dodgers won't won't do. Um, to me, the Dodgers pitching. I think the Red Sox can get to Max Scherzer. I think they can get to Walker Bueller, and we'll find out with Walker Bueller tonight on the on the hill uh, for the Dodgers. Um, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Red Sox Braves. Um, the like we talked about last night, the Braves have to get one in LA, and then gives them two chances to really get to the World Series uh, back in Atlanta. And I think the I think the Red Sox are a better team than the Braves. And I usually favor AL teams when it comes to the World Series. I got Red Sox over Braves in five. Oof, no, no, that 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 series should go six or seven games. But I'm happy to hear it. Don't get me wrong. Take us home. All right. Well, that wraps up the show. I know we had a couple things we didn't get to. Uh, I will not be on the on tomorrow's show. You have a guest lined up, guest host. Well, yeah, Ian McQuiston back tomorrow. And so you got Ian back. We can talk about the little college basketball talk. Uh, we'll be fine tomorrow, with that on tomorrow's show. I'm sure you guys will be much more better than that than I will. I'm not a huge college basketball guy. Um, so that being said, we appreciate you guys listening. Please make sure to check out the website, MikeAndAaronDrive.com, and check out the socials right up there in the corner on the Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok. How are we doing on TikTok? Good? I need to post more videos. That's my, that's on me. 
Fair enough. All right, for Michael Carvelis, I am Aaron Crouch. Thank you to the sponsors, and thank you to you for listening and watching every day and supporting us. Mike, they'll see you tomorrow. Adios.